Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Command Point. My name's Ryan. Today, I'm here with Shane. Hello, hello. And uh, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a few different things. Uh, as we know, the Kill Team data slate came out on the 6th of April. Today, we are recording on the 21st. And then uh, Shane and I, we actually went to a tournament this past weekend up in Toronto, where Shane wound up taking down the whole event going 4-0. Uh, still running uh, post-nerf legionaries, so pretty excited to talk to you all about that. Uh, before we get into the actual episode itself, I do want to uh, go ahead and uh, just tell you guys that we now have merch. Command Point has official merch. You can find it at uh, command-point.creator-spring.com. I'm sorry about this URL. I'm just going to leave the link in the description for you guys. But we've got t-shirts, we've got stickers, we've got hoodies, we've got crew neck sweatshirts, very swaggy. And then we've got, of course, Shane, what's the last item we got on the store here? We got the mug. Mug. The big mug. Big mug. I'm using my mug for coffee. Yeah. But you can also use drinker. it. Yeah, big, big, big fan of uh, fresh pots over here. Um, but you can also use it as a, uh, you know, like a water pot for your painting or whatever. It's all white with the beautiful Command Point logo right on the front there, so it'll dirty up real nice if you wind up using it as a paint pot or something. But yeah, uh, with that out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and just get into the episode. Yeah, so I guess we can talk first about the, the tournament we just went to. Uh, so it was run by uh, George Armour uh, on the Discord. His name is Oust, uh, over in Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Ontario. So um, we made the trip across the border uh, up into, it was only like, it was less than three hours. Honestly, it's a pretty smooth drive um, outside of the fact that we are crossing into a different country, which for if we have European listeners, they are probably thinking uh, not a big deal going into a different country, but <laughs> pretty weird going from the US to a different country because it's so big. It's like we don't frequently yeah. do that um for us it's more like we go to like a different state and that's like a big trip <laughs> yeah but um no we went over to uh to canada but we're not too far so it wasn't too bad uh and george put on a a nice event it was like a smallish rtt um i think there was like 13 14 players something like that um and uh i took the uh legionaries once again uh, this time with their with their new nerfs they're nerfs that make me very sad, as I talked about in the last episode <laughs> here. And, uh, you know, they they feel to me, they feel pretty good still. I'm still a really big fan of how they play. And I still think that Nurgle's the way. That's what I ran, um, obviously, because I'm referencing the nerfs. But, uh, you know, they're it's weird. I definitely ran a little bit different than I did at KTO, partially because there was open boards, but partially because of just like other uh discovery since then like and then partially because of the nerf so yeah i don't know i think it's a weird thing with with the way that that legionaries are played at the moment um it was i played against uh vet guard and Wormblade on into the dark and i played against intercession and then a mirror match against another nergo legionary on open board so I had a lot of plans for if I played against a horde on open board, but that just didn't happen. I ended up on into dark against them. Um, 
and uh, it didn't uh, didn't have to worry about that. But the mirror matches, I didn't really play against a lot of other elite teams at KTO outside of like um, intercession once, and then I guess kind of uh, talons, I suppose, fall into that. Although they're weird. So um, yeah, playing the the intercession game and the legionary game, I still feel really good uh, personally running my legionnaires into other elites. I just feel like pretty comfortable in the matchup. Um, and then uh, my closest game is definitely against veteran guard though on into the dark and woo, that team is so this actually, it was a really tough game. It was like, I won like 15 to like 12 or something like that. Um, and it's actually marks the first time I've ever beaten vet guard in a tournament. <laughs> I've, even yeah. through like TTS, I've always lost to that guard. Every time I've played them, I have like a terrible record against that team. Um, but uh, they are really good, you know, and I it's easy to forget how good they are because I feel like people kind of just stopped playing them a little bit. Yeah. Um, at least on like a wider scale, like they're still great that guard players out there, but they're not like the the most taken team really anymore by top players these days. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a tough matchup. Um, Wormblade was a weird matchup. Um, I actually got to use the, uh, I got to kill a model Ryan using the fusillade rule on my rear chain cannon, oh my God. which is, uh, I, it was, it's the first time I've ever used fusillade. Uh, I found out you can't fusillade an overwatch, which is nobody knew that surely. Cause because whoever uses fusillade. <laughs> Who's going to end up in that situation where they're even considering such a thing? But um, I mostly did. It probably wasn't like the optimal play, but it was funny. So I did it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, did. we were talking about that play in the right during the ride home. And I mean, it, it did have like pretty good upside to it, right? Yes. Yeah, so the, the upside is great because you potentially like you have the upside of killing two things with one shot, which is only really achievable with like blast or something or, you know, um, the odds of it yielding good results are kind of not great. Um, but what I did, it was with a Reaper chain cannon, the heavy gun gunner weapon from, uh, the legionary, which is a six shot weapon with damage three, five and ceaseless. So what I did, there was two neophyte hybrids standing there and I was like, you know what? Why not? Yeah. And I split the shots three, three, and I killed one of them. So as soon as you kill one of them, I mean, it's immediately anything else is just like gravy. Yeah, it's residual. Um, and then you do the other shot and I whiffed. And then for fun, I used Veterans of the Long War to, re to redo the three shot attack. <laughs> for and fun. I think I did. Yeah, and I did like three damage. Um, so that was really fun. But um, no, I don't know. It's just. Uh, Fuselade's really bad. Uh, mm -hmm. They should definitely change that if, if like next edition or something, or I don't know, but like it would be, uh, it would be, I don't know. It's just funny to think about using it because I, I literally have never even halfway considered using it. And in that exact moment, I was like, you know what, this would be fun. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, so that was the only like real change to your roster, right? Was including the uh, the the cheaper the, the cheaper excuse me the Reaper chain cannon, um, <laughs> the cheaper rain a, cannon, <laughs> yeah, the cheaper rain cannon, as opposed to um, 
uh, how that was. That, that That's the next evolution from your roster that you took to KTO, correct? Yes. Uh, and I did use the, um, what's it called? The Slanesh Shrive talent a couple times this tournament as well, which I never used at KTO. Mm-hmm. Uh, used it against Horde specifically just to like lock a guy in combat and keep them from falling back from me. And so that way, if they fight, I fight first. And if they, otherwise they can't do anything, they just sit there in combat with me. And it's like a sponge I can like stick to to not get shot. Right. Um, so that was, uh, that was pretty successful. I had a lot of fun doing that. I got to use a butcher once against Vetguard and he didn't end up doing anything, but <laughs> I still like the idea. Um, I just need more practice with it. Gotcha. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think I feel pretty good about Legionnaire still. I, I think they're a great team. Despite the changes, the nerfs feel bad, but I think you can still perform well with the team after the nerfs um, overall, with without a doubt, honestly, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, some people are, are still on like the, the Zinch train, but I'm uh, I'm still a big fan of of Nurgle. I like the idea of like your guys are harder to kill and when they're when you almost when like when your opponent almost kills them. The fact that they're performing just as good when they're at low health is the other thing I like about it. Yeah. Uh, whereas like Zinch, you are like marginally more likely to survive in like a few situations, like against like AP2 or something. But like when the damage still slips through and you're injured, your model is still performing a lot worse. So I like Nurgle because typically you can survive most things. Um, you know, unless there's like a major whiff or your opponent just like goes off on like a melt a shot or something. Um, and then you still get that consistency from them throughout the game. Yeah, makes sense. You're still going to be taking these guys to tournaments going forward, or are you thinking of switching to, are you thinking of pivoting to uh, any other teams? Uh, so like now that the tournament's over, I, I'm just going to do this thing after every tournament where I like, mess around with other stuff in between. But I think until something really catches me, I'm probably going to keep playing Legionnaires at tournaments. Gotcha. Um, So like uh, the next event we're probably going to is, well, we're going to Atlantic City Open, which I'm probably going to do kill team there, the GT. Yeah. And uh, so probably in like the few weeks before that, I'll I'll pick my Legionnaires back up and and get warmed up for that. Uh, Unless in this time, between now and then another team just like really catches me. I've been playing a bit of Phobos on t- uh, tabletop simulator mm-hmm. and um, they actually f- are feeling really good right now. Uh, I really am enjoying them after the, uh, the latest Vanguard buff where um, you get the free mission action when you use that ploy. Yeah. They are just so fast and their ability to play the mission is like, so good and then like but you have to play them really differently than you play like a legionnaires or intercession where you're you're not just like full onslaught trying to kill everything but like you're taking pot shots and like you're being sneaky and using smoke grenades and stuff yeah they're just they're so cool i don't know they're just such a cool team but um how i feel about them like taking them to a tournament i mean that remains to be seen but i'm gonna keep messing with them all right so um, before we get into this next segment here, I want to let all of the TOs out there and anybody who's thinking about running a kill team tournament that, you know, if you want help promoting your tournament and getting more people to come and attend and actually play games of kill team, 
uh, reach out to us. We would be more than happy to help promote those Kill Team events, even if we ourselves cannot uh, attend them. We have a huge Discord community that you know is free for anybody to join. Any of the listeners here can join. Um, we also have, you know, obviously the YouTube channel and the podcast here that you're listening to. So we have a pretty big reach in the Kill Team community. So once again, if you ever want to get some help from us in promoting your Kill Team events, let us know. We'd be more than happy to help because we want to continue to grow this Kill Team community. I second that. (laughs) (laughs) Command Point supports this message. Yeah. All right. So um, let's go ahead now and uh, take a look at some of the uh, tournament results post the April 6th uh, data slate. Uh, Shane, where would you like to start? Yeah. So what we've done here is we've basically taken a handful of events with 20 or more players uh, since April 6th because we don't have like hard data like set and if even if we did it's only been a few weeks so it's not really like win rates i don't think would be very helpful right about now um but we've taken a handful of tournaments that were bigger since then and we're just going to kind of look at like what's winning and and what's doing well so uh first up here i've got the um victory gamers kill team tournament that took place in um uh alexandria virginia at the uh i believe it was the store is purple dragon um, and they had 20 players at this event. This was on the 16th of April, um, a four-round tournament with an open and into-the-dark mixed format, which I think is the best way going forward. So I'm really happy to see that. Um, and we had, uh, over the four rounds, we actually ended up with two undefeated at this tournament. We had Adrian Martin, uh, who went 4-0 with Intercession Squad. Adrian's a uh, pretty great player. I believe he won Adepticon in 2022, and he was at the U.S. Open mm-hmm. because of that. So he took first with his intercession, but we actually we actually also had Leander Garrett also go 4-0 in second place, and this is interesting, with Hyrotech Circle. Um, and funny enough, Leander is the winner of Adepticon this year, so there's something in the water in Virginia, clearly. But um, yeah, so I mean, intercession and uh, Hyrotech Circle. Uh, right out the gate, we have really good players running Hyrotech Circle and doing quite well with them. So... That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not really like super surprised by it. I think Hyrotech is really good right now. Yeah. We were like, once the, the buffs happened, we were both kind of just like waiting to see when they would uh, <laughs> like top a tournament basically. Cause they got so many nerfs or excuse me. They got so many buffs. Yeah. Um, it was like, I think it's kind of like unprecedented. Uh, I think the only other one like this was the initial Hunter Clade buffs. Right. Yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, I'm happy to see Hyrotech Circle. I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, they overbuffed them or like complaining. So like I personally, I think they are probably going to get nerfed in the next data slate in a few months from now. But here's why I'm happy they did it this way. Because, you know, that big long list of like seven bullets changes, right? Yeah. If instead of like over buffing, quote unquote, they did like one change per data slate and like they were very careful, we, this team would be getting buffed for like the next two years. Yeah. So I'm personally glad they did it all at once. And like I, th- I trust GW to like tweak it appropriately in the next one and just, uh, you know, have it have the team be in a really good spot over like a six month period instead of waiting like two years for them to finally be right. Yeah. Um, 
so I don't super mind the, the like over buff. Um, if, if you call it that. Yeah. I'm, uh, and I, yeah. I'm like always in favor of potentially making a team like overpowered instead of, uh, just kind of like the sit and wait. And then like, here's a little morsel to just yes. like spoon feeding buffs basically. Cause then it's like, like the people who bought the model kits, it's like, you just feel like you made a bad investment, you know? Might yeah. as well have your time in the sun and then three months, however long it takes later, you know, okay, you've, you've had your three month window of, uh, of just being able to run roughshod over people that the time for that is, uh, is done now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And ultimately I think it's a, it's taking, it's going to take them less time to get the team to a good spot this way. Yeah. Um, next we have the kill team Easter egg, egg extravaganza. Yes. Sanctuary. So this was in, um, uh, over in the UK. Uh-huh. Uh, they had 32 players. So I believe this is actually the biggest event we've had since the data slate. Um, it was four rounds. It was a mix of open and into the dark. Nice. And, uh, yeah, let's take a look at the results here. So, um, we had three players go undefeated. Two of them were four and and one of them went three wins in a draw. Uh, we had Ben Palin uh, from Turning Point Tactics go four and zero with Legionary, which is super cool. Nice. So people are still making Legionary work after the nerfs. Um, happy to see that. I don't know exactly what he played against at this tournament, um, but uh, looks like he uh, he had nineteen or twenty points every game. I don't know if they were using the new um, primary yeah. scoring. Well, if they because... were if they were using the new, um, I mean, like granted the the data slate like dropped two days before this tournament, so it's very likely that they did not uh, use it for this tournament because that would have been point. kind of uh, kind of unfair to some players, you know, who had committed to a list already. Um, but you know, if they didn't, then it's whatever. Yeah, um, who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, also uh, Turning Point Tactics also had two other members uh, come in third and fifth at this tournament. Uh, coming in third was uh, D's Nuts. Um, very wow. cool. Yeah. <laughs> he ran uh, Keller Pucks also. And then uh, coming in fifth was uh, Ryan Slater, also of Turning Point Tactics. Uh, guys, if you have not listened to them already, Turning Point Tactics actually has a uh, podcast. Um, and uh, they've got a lot of really good uh, strategic insight into the game of Kill Team, so I highly recommend you go check those guys out as well. Yep. And then also we had uh, another 4-0 in second place at this tournament, Tom Robinson, who ran Veteran Guardsman, who is a uh, hmm. very, very good team right now. I guess, um, I guess so. Maybe yeah. I should pick them back up again. I don't know. I I just, I'm super high on VetGuard right now. I think yeah. it's like that it's weird because they i don't every game i play against them is like super difficult it feels like yeah um they just have so many bodies and yeah, yeah. they have so many bodies they have that three inch pregame move like for yeah. their entire kill team so like on into the dark that's incredibly scary to be facing down mm-hmm. um and then obviously it helps on open. Just any sort of free movement is huge, especially for the whole 
team, it's like, geez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on, I want to shine a spotlight on the Kill Team kickoff, uh, hosted by Ben Campbell down in Florida at Warpfire Gaming. Um, Ben Campbell is obviously, uh, Ben from Battle Brothers Tabletop, another great Kill Team content creator that you guys should go and check out. Um, this tournament was, uh, actually pretty crazy, um, because the top prize for it, uh, was $500 in store credit, which is an incredible (laughs) amount of money, um, (laughs) for a Kill Team tournament. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there were, I believe... 22 yeah it looks like 22 players uh at this tournament uh let me bring up okay so the number one overall we had was uh benjamin mcmillan and then shane do you actually have this pulled up because i'm not seeing the actual team uh, that he ran yeah so far it it's he was running orc commandos actually and he went oh, forward. interesting okay um in second place we had john peterson with his uh court with his void scarred very cool mm-hmm. to see that team up there uh i mean it's it kind of feels like the usual suspects with the exception of the orc commandos in the uh, top five at this tournament there were uh two geller pox um Jeff Selvey uh, came in third with the Geller Pox, and then Dawson. Arauo, I apologize Ara- if that Ara- was. Ara- yeah, I, I apologize for the uh, pronunciation. <laughs> uh, came in fifth also with the Geller Pox. And then we had uh, Nicholas Cummings with uh, Intercession Squad finishing fourth. So, Very cool. Very yeah. Cool. Uh, nothing really out of the ordinary there, like I said, except for. The, yeah, well, uh, hey, the, the commandos. commandos. Yeah. With their free squig, maybe the free squig. With their free squig, yeah. <laughs> I do think the free squig is important on Into the Dark for sure. And I think if the terrain is correct, I think it could be really important on open board potentially. Yeah. Um, it is, if you play it on the wrong terrain and you misdeploy it, it can be devastating for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So just be careful if you're playing orcs uh, yeah. with that free squig. <laughs> um, and then we had a few tournaments over in uh, Spain and France that were uh, pretty uh, big showing. So first we have the uh, LT Scum 13, uh, which was in Barcelona, which had, I want to say, 21 players. Um, and in first place we had Ryan, you want to know what was in first place here? Oh, jeez. Uh, I it could be anything. I don't know. Orc commandos. What is happening? <laughs> what is? Ha- I'm breaking Whoa. out the orc commandos. That's it. Oh, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna main them again, Shane. Yeah, that was uh um I want to say Kike Chataras. I don't. Know. I'm probably butchering that. Um, well done. Uh, second place we had uh Alex, um with his corsair void scarred and then in third place we had uh xavier uh giro 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 with uh novitiates novitiates so i don't know what's going on with commandos i mean i guess hey something's up (laughs) i love it i love Um, the commandos they're so cool i'm happy that they're good 
Yeah, they are very cool. Um, over in France, we had the Linunet uh, Paris Tournament 2, which was in, of course, um, I'm assuming Paris. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, I believe they had 25 players and a uh, in first place, amazingly, Farstalker Kinban. No, get out. How many players were at this tournament? 25. What is happening so, in France? I need to take a look at the matchups here. Usually I don't do this, but I'm curious. So he played against Hand of the Archon. Um, he okay. played against Intercession. I have no idea on mm. earth how he won that game. I have really struggled against elite teams with my first stalker Kinban. Maybe he's just a, a more experienced pilot than the Intercession player. Could be. Um, he played I will against say, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I did almost lose my Intercession game too crude at KTO. Oh, okay. Full disclosure. Right. Interesting. So he, he, he played against Star Striders, and then he also played against Corsairs. So Honestly, I can see that. Um, yeah, I mean, congrats to, to Francois with this victory. Francois, yeah. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but well done to Francois you, sir. is the biggest bird. Yeah. Um, so we had the Kill Team Torneo Santander April, which was in Santander in Spain. They had 26 players. Um, unfortunately, only three rounds. So there was four players that went undefeated. Um, in first place, we had Pablo Polomer with Blooded. Um, second place, Wallace West with Commandos. Hey, yo. Oh. And then we have Carlos Rueda in third with Vetgard. Um, and then also undefeated was Hector Garcia. Del Hoyo with uh, Legionary, who went two wins and a tie. But man, Commandos and Vetgard. Yeah. What what I, year is it? I gotta get that <laughs> uh that last boy built up and painted, and then I'll have the the whole team completed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh and then last we have the GTL Regres Regresso, uh, which was um in uh Spain. So I was in Valenciana, maybe. I'm not sure. But they had uh, 26, uh, 24 players. Um, first place, Hyrotech Circle. Uh, oh. Victor Garcia running Hyrotech Circle. Second place, okay. Second place, Hyrotech Circle. No, come <laughs> on, dog. Third place, Phobo Strike Team. Ooh. I, Shane, I'm liking this new meta. I, the it's meta really is shaking open. things up right now, yeah. Yeah, I don't really feel like there's a clear best team, um, despite what what some people may say. I think that the meta is is pretty wide open right now. Um, there's nothing that sticks out to me as like singularly problematic, like dominant, like with Star yeah. Strider. Um, so I, I mean, hey, I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um, so next, the one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, like kind of like the tournament format slash structure and the reason i want to bring this up is because i've seen a lot of people complaining lately about into the dark and saying like people that straight up will not go to tournaments if into the dark is a part of the format like they don't want to play in into the dark they won't participate if there's into the dark um and this is like i don't want to say it's common Uh, i think most players are fine with into the dark but i have seen this notion uh by like more than a few people. And I think it's really odd. Yeah. Um, so I think like the main argument is that it's 
like the balance changes between open and into the dark. So like one team might be really good on open and one team might be really good on into the dark, but you know, worse on the other format. Um, and I don't really see this as a bad thing. Yeah. Me neither. Especially uh, if it's actually... the, if you're playing in a tournament that has a mixed format. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I think a lot of the tournaments are going to be like almost all the tournaments we just looked at from the look of it, we're running mixed uh, terrain. And I think that makes it really interesting and it adds kind of a cool dynamic. I love it. To it. Um, I see a lot of people say like, oh, Vetguard or Pathfinders like aren't good on Into the Dark, but they're like really good on Open. Um, I reject that. I think they're both of those teams are fine on Into the Dark. Pathfinders are like probably less fine than Vetguard on Into the Dark, but I do think that they're still pretty good. I mean, we saw a guy at KTO... I think he went six and two with Pathfinders and he was in the second pod and or maybe it was third pod, but he went six and two over eight games in the weekend running Pathfinders. So like, I don't know. And I've seen this before too with, with players, like if it's a good pilot, you can make it work on into the dark and yeah. Vetguard straight up. I think they're good on into the dark. I, if anybody says they're bad on into the dark, I just totally disagree with that. Yeah. Um, so like, there's the argument that it's like in some matchups, there's like bigger skews just based on whether you end up on into the dark, like against an elite team or something. Um, but I find it weird that the the complaints I hear about this aren't mirrored to um, the loot mission as far as the, the three primary missions you can end up on. Because in my opinion, loot as a scoring like as a primary scoring is a bigger skew than into the dark is most of the time. Yeah. And that's just on math. I mean, <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, so like it's like, if you're playing against like, like Vetgar, like a big horde with some GA two and like a decent amount of mobility, like Vetgar's, I think, I think the best one for this, Yeah, but also blooded is decent at it. And, and, and Navis breachers, um, loot can just feel like toxic. Honestly, if you're like heavily out activated um, or like they just get the right initiative order on turn one and then they they GA two and grab both like the middle like loot objectives on an open board and then maybe they win initiative turn two and they grab those again with their GA two and suddenly you're like looking at like an eight to four primary split without any like real interaction. Yeah. Outside of initiative. That to me is way weirder and, and way more of a skew than into the dark um tends to be so like i don't know like i've seen some people say like maybe we should change because so with the new change to primary scoring the cap is now 16 but they didn't change it anything to do with loot where right. typically you're never going to hit that 16 um personally i'm i'm okay with loot yielding lower scores because to me it's more of a skew mission than secure or capture so I don't want it to, ha I don't like, I don't like the, the idea that having the same score impact, especially when it can go. So it can be so oppressive for one side. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. Um, but yeah, I have found that like the, with the uh, race primary cap, I think secure and capture, especially secure. I think secure is like the most pure <laughs> balanced version of the game that you can play on is, is secure. Mm -hmm. uh capture can lean a little harder towards teams like like elite teams 
but I think oh, yeah. secure is like the perfect in between where you can, you know, it doesn't feel like it leans too hard one way or the other, which mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What have your thoughts been on playing on the three missions? And I guess like between open and into the dark. Yeah. So, I mean, like first and foremost, I want to say like into the dark is my preferred way to play a hundred percent of the time. And I don't even care what team I'm running. I just love the way it plays. So I encourage everybody out there who is uh, hesitant to try it out or, you know, just has not tried it out yet uh, to definitely do so because you might find that it is a lot of fun. Um, with regards to the, uh, I guess, the, the actual, like, missions themselves, uh, Capture definitely favors elite teams more just because all you got to do is turn one, stand on a point, turn two, Okay, it's go time. You can leave the point, yeah. not care, uh, and then just start killing your opponent, and all they can hope to do is just hold on for dear life. Um, I almost want to say it's kind of the same thing with loot as well, actually. Um, I played against uh, Legionnaires at the uh, Toronto tournament. I was playing Admac, and with loot, I felt like I only had so many things that could like kill a legionnaire, like two or three things that could like reliably kill a legionnaire. Um, so I felt like I have to go out there and get as many of these loot points as I can because I don't know how many I'm gonna be able to actually score at the end of the game. Uh, and you know, with some, uh, some some good saves on my opponent's part. Uh, that's pretty much what happened. I was only able to score a few uh, a few points on loot compared to him because yeah, he scored his points turn one, but turns two, three, and yeah, two and three, he was able to just uh, pretty much just run up the board, tank a lot of my shots, uh, trade up, not really trade up, but trade down effectively against like the rust stalkers and stuff, uh, and pretty much just kill me off the board. And then hey, it's turn four. Okay, I guess I'm gonna loot all four of these points, and I've already looted my back objective. I'm not near anything else, so. But that's just my take on that. Secure, I think you're right. It is the most balanced because you do have to perform a action on it. So for elite teams, most of them are you know APL three. Um, so at least a few of the models turn one are going to have to sacrifice uh, a an action point. Or they're going to have to perform an action if they want to score a point that turn. Um, and then the uh, the horde teams, they're going to have to do the same thing. But they, uh, you know, they have so many bodies that it's not really that big a deal for them. So yeah, that's pretty much what I think of the uh, the state of the format. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, loot can feel like really bad sometimes. Um, secure has been kind of my personal favorite to play on because I don't feel like I'm getting a huge advantage. And like the other thing about capture that, so I don't think capture is that much of a feel bad, but once in a while capture can feel lame to draw because so many teams benefit from doing like mission actions or they like are better at doing mission actions than other teams. So to end up on capture where there like isn't a primary mission action to do, that sucks for sure. Yeah. Um, if like I'm in my playing, games, or, oh, sorry, go you go. Okay. 
So if I'm playing Intercession on Capture, I'm just thinking to myself, the, okay, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> it's like, are yeah. you kidding me? I got these three APL guys. They don't got to do anything. Most of them can freaking shoot twice. So it's like, I'm sure I'll stand on a point turn one, and then I'm just going to start killing. Yeah. And then uh, three turns from now, the game will be over. Like, I love playing on Capture with Intercession. It's like playing with training wheels on, it feels like. Yeah, and then on the flip side, so I, I mentioned earlier, I've been messing around with Phobos a little. Whenever I draw Capture, I'm like, oh. I feel like I just lost a little bit of yeah, steam. All of the all the value from being able to perform the mission actions for free is kind of like null and void. Yeah, because like that team is meant to be able to do that really effectively. And when that isn't a thing, it's like I feel like I'm losing a bit of my edge in in a in a matchup kind yeah. of. Yeah. Your your literal so. faction identity is not as effective, which yes. feels bad. For sure. Um, but outside of that, I think it's it's still less of... And I think most of the time, loot is like really interesting to play. I don't mean to like dump on loot. It's just once in a while, I think the, like the skew, and when I say the skew, I mean like the most extreme, like weird situation you can run into, can feel really bad. Yeah. And that's mostly against like a horde team. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, I mean, I'm really happy with how the game plays with crit ops right now. Um, maybe we'll see a nerf to recover item at some point. So oh, yeah. Group can cry and Phobos can be kind of sad and, you know, <laughs> all that good stuff. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, do you think that recover item needs a nerf? Um, so I took it in every single, in every single one of my games at, um, at the Toronto tournament. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know with admac it feels like they could definitely do without a nerf to that uh to so, that to that tack up um i know what, it sounds crazy and it's like yeah it's a free it's basically a free two victory points but i i had one game where i wasn't i i actually had two games where i was not able to even score it because my opponent just counterplayed it effectively so that's kind of where I was going. So first, I just want to say, if they nerf that tech up, Kroot gets so, so much worse. Because yeah. Their whole identity is they're just going to max all their tech ops by turn two. And there's only a couple tech ops that make that possible. Um, but no, I, so I think there's like two sides to it where it's like, yes, it's too easy sometimes. But like, do you think maybe part of the problem is people aren't actively trying to deny it enough? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, I had yeah, it taken I... against me at uh, at KTO, and I was mm-hmm. able to deny it. I think it was my game against Forty Ounce. It's just yeah. like okay, I'll I see this item there. I'm just gonna like go after that guy and make sure and have a guy there waiting in the wing. So as soon as you pick it up, I'm just gonna kill you. Like, yeah, I and I definitely think that it is like I don't know because it's like I. Every time I use recover item, I set it down. And then like typically I'm playing a team where it's pretty easy for me to move and pick it up. And it gets a little bit toxic when I can pick it up because then they it doesn't matter if they walk up to me, they can't control it. But like a lot of the time, even when I can't pick it up, my opponent doesn't even bother trying to like stop me from getting it. It's just they're like, yep, okay, you're just gonna get two points on that. And I can see how that's tempting, but I do think that there is something to be said for like if you're playing against a team with recon 
like you just know it's coming yeah like you have to know that it's going to be there and i think a lot of teams can potentially try to move up and deny it it definitely is too easy for some teams but it's like it's a weird thing too because if you nerf it i don't want to say that the recon tree gets bad but i i mean honestly i would say that I like, would say the recon tree gets bad because like I'm I was looking at the I would I was talking to you about this. I was looking at the rest of the recon tac ops because I was thinking of like replacing like calculated eradication with something. And it's like if you're playing on into the dark, then secure rooms is a great option. Yes. But it's like secure vantage point, that can just be tough unless you're waiting until late game. Uh and if you're waiting until late game, you gotta hope that you're like really giving it to your opponent and just like taking out their models enough that you can actually secure a vantage point. Cause that is tough on a lot of these good terrain setups uh, for yeah. open. Um, and like everything else in there, like plant courier is sometimes doable. Yeah. Cur- courier can be good. Um, it's one of the better ones. Yeah. For sure. But it's I, not like, I do think, so it's funny cause ever since I started playing Phobos with the buff, I think plant transponder is good with them specifically. Like I think they're because they're fast enough to get to a spot where uh-huh. there's no terrain around and they can do the action for free. Exactly. But like yeah. every other team, plant transponder is horrible. Yeah. It's just so it's horrible. Like, it's like I'm it's like, look, I'm playing AdMac. All right. So everything on my team is GA two. There's no way I'm gonna have my dictat anywhere near a like a, a Sicarian or something to potentially buff them. I already got, like, I mean, I guess I could do it with, like, the guy who's given the, the servo skull well, to perform the free it's mission mostly, action, but it's, like... Like, it's mostly the fact that you have to do it more than two inches from a piece yeah. of terrain and in your opponent's territory. So it's, like... Cool, I'll just stand out be, in the open, plant this beacon, and then die. Well, it's... First of all, there's that. So, like, if you don't have the extra action to, like, get away, then, yeah, you're just gonna get shot. But also, like... There are mo- most of the time on boards, you can't find a piece of the board that is more than two inches from yeah. any piece of terrain. Yeah. And if there's a barricade there, I mean, good luck. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you have to end up going, like, a lot of the time, I find I have to, like, run into the corner of my opponent's deployment zone just to do it. At which point, you might as well just take courier. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Um, yeah. And then also, like, one. going back to, um, uh, recover item. Uh, if you're playing against uh, a kill team and it's like, okay, here's my last drop. I'm going to spend one CP to set up this model wherever I want on the board outside of your uh, deployment zone or whatever. Uh, you can easily assume that, that, that I've taken recover item and the item is going to be within like one inch of this model that I'm deploying. Yeah. So it's it's very telegraphed if you are a uh, experienced player. To newer players, I can understand how it can feel very bad because it's like, okay, I don't know why he's doing that. Yeah. Do you think maybe it should like not be able to get picked up? Like, because I like turn I don't one. Know, like, yeah, maybe like you can't pick it up turn one or something. Because it's like sometimes it is it. I do think it's too easy to score. 
and like the rest mm-hmm. of the tree is like middling at best. Probably what um, I would say, and this is a hot take. I would probably say have it set up like you know how you reveal it. Um, you have to reveal it even before like turning point one kicks off, or it's yeah. it's yeah. Um, have it be after like the second turning point, or excuse me, like the during the tack op reveal step of the second turning point or after. Okay. Because then it's like your the it's opponent like, has moved up the board a little bit. So. Yeah, the board has developed. So mm-hmm. it's like you can strategically you can still strategically place the item, but it's not it's not like okay, the item is right here. I could pick this up if I want to, but I can't because the game tells me I can't. And now my yeah, opponent's gonna only... swarm me kill this mm-hmm. model and now i i'm just having to work harder to pick up this item yeah and then you've also only got three turns to to hold it twice instead of four turns to hold it twice yeah which is, i i would like that i yeah. think that'd be an interesting change because yeah. i it's definitely too easy but I, I they have to be careful not to like gut it because i think a lot of teams really rely on it oh yeah um ad ad mac felt like relied on it I almost yeah. like at the end of the turning point, or at not at the end of the turning point. At the end of the tournament, I was thinking to myself, you know, I honestly maybe should have just gone with seek and destroy, because these other recon tack ops were just not it. Yeah, there's something to be said for that as well. Um, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Um, I. Uh... I'm curious to see if they if they make any changes to those because they are sometimes too easy, sometimes too tough, and it's like I don't know if they're just gonna nerf item and then let it be, or if they're gonna do like sweeping changes. So I, I have no clue. But yeah. Yeah. I do think secure rooms can be insane on into the dark, yeah. depending on the matchup. It is very matchup dependent. So I think it's probably okay. Um I took it in my in my round one mirror match against another uh, Admech player, and um, the 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 map we had for that there were no access points um, on like the deployment line basically, so every single room on the board qualified to score for secure rooms. So I'm mm-hmm. just like that. This is the easiest. Two VP, I think I've ever scored in kill team. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so we're coming up on almost an hour here, Shane. So I think, unless there's anything else you wanted to discuss, we can close it out here. Yeah, I think we're good to uh, to move on to the outro. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching us on YouTube, listening to us on uh, Spotify or any other of the podcasting platforms that you listen to us on. Uh, like I said earlier in the episode, if you want to support the channel, want to support Command Point, you can go and pick up some merch. Link in the description for that. And then uh, if you want to support us further, we also do have uh, a Patreon, and we are we also have a, a YouTube channel membership program. So if you want to help Command Point out, you know, keep spreading this message of Kill Team, uh, and just enabling us to uh, to create great content for you guys. Uh, consider helping us out there. But yeah, thank you guys all for tuning in and watching. We will see you again in the next one.